Charagatsi and Benvenuti to another episode of From N to I, the podcast which gives you short blasts from SSE Napoli's past. I am Henry Bell and I am hosting this show alongside Kirsten Schluitz. Kirsten, how are you this fine day? I have a little hiccup in my throat, but perhaps that's due to excitement of what we're going to be talking about today. So we are talking about the, well, the record winning streak from Napoli's past, uh, from back in the day in 2017. So it's kind of recent history, like five years ago. Um, And Napoli, well, how many games did we win back then, Kirsten? So this kind of encompasses two things. We have 12 wins in a row from April 30th, 2017 to October 14th, 2017. But it is also our longest unbeaten streak, which goes from the 25th of February, 2017, when um, we lost to Atalanta, to December 1st, 2017, we lost 1-0 at home. It's to Juventus, and I bet you can guess the score, and let's remember again, this is December 2017. I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to say his name. But Great. we all know who you're talking about. He doesn't um, deserve. How did we not win a Scudetto? I mean, this, <laughs> this hurts already. I, was thinking, I didn't be think fine. you'd start with the, the difficult questions. That's like a whole pod. Uh, but I, thought, like, of... I thought this would be fun. We could talk about Callahan and Mertens and all this and Hamsik. It's going to be fun. And straight away, my heart just died. Anyway. Let me just say on the notes, because obviously this is a history podcast. We have to create notes for this sort of thing. And I wrote specifically, should we have won it all? But it's in the middle of the notes. Come on now. And Sorry, I just are... can't. I'm, a, I'm an emotional creature. I, sometimes I just can't help it. Anyway. So, so, so everyone, it, would you like us to do an entire podcast on how this sorry team did not manage to win everything? Because I'm pretty sure we could talk about it for a half an hour. Too soon. Too soon. It's, too still, soon, it's, too still, soon. it's still too soon. I can't. I can't bring myself. Anyway. Okay. This is then good. let's focus on the good stuff. Yes. 100%. So the, f- the first, what, one, two, three, four games. How many games? There's Because we, we're straddling one, two, three, four, four. There's five games from the 2016-2017 season, which I reckon, Kirsten, gets a bit underrated from this Sari era because we often think about the Scudetto that didn't happen because of the hotel room in Florence. Now, We'll talk about that season in a second. But I thought we actually, the second half of 2016, 2017, we played the best football of the Saudi era. And, you know, there was a lot of like absolute classic things, particularly involving a certain Belgian uh, player. So was, was what happened to Dries Mertens in 2016, 2017? I, th- I think that is the important question because as we uh, obliquely referred to or, you know, slammed you in the face with at the beginning of this episode, a certain Argentinian left for an enemy club, which people don't do from Napoli, which is why we hate him. He left at the end of 2016. And I, for one, really remember that season because I was sitting there in the final game 
at what was then uh, <clears throat> the San Paulo, um, watching yeah. him score a hat trick, watching us get that second place and into direct Champions League play. So that one kind of 2015, 2016 overtakes things in my mind. But then we have coming into 2016, 2017, we are in third place. We make it to the Copa um, semis and lose to Juventus. We get to the round of 16 and lose to Madrid, Real Madrid in the Champions League. But I think what we think about in terms of that season was those losses. You know, we didn't make it to the next round of the UCL, which we've never done. Uh, We didn't make it to the final of Copa Italia, and we didn't legitimately challenge for the Scudetto. But then there's Chiro Mertens, and he's scoring 28 goals. 28 goals. And I I didn't look up what he had done the season before, but I know that it was nowhere close. And, and, that, and that's just in the league. Like he's, it was 34 overall, like all competitions. Incredible. Glory days. And what happened? Like, why is it that he just came out of nowhere with that and helped us along with this unbeaten winning streak? Both. Yeah. I mean, it's all down to Mr. Sari, really. Like, uh, I'm beginning to cool my feelings on him now and, and look back rather fondly at it. There's enough enough waters under the bridge. But a lot of it is to do with um, a current Juventus player getting, um, well, uh, getting injured. Our, our Mr. Millick, cometh the hour, cometh the man. But I think one th- when we're talking more generally about this season, one, one last thing I want to say, Kirsten, is that another reason I think it's a bit of an underrated season. We did finish third. We finished there with 86 points. I mean, that's huge. How many points did Milan yeah, have to win what, the league last year? I can't remember, but it was around about that, wasn't it? But was this a season that Juve scored more than 100? I believe... No. So no. Napoli were the biggest scorers. They scored 94. So we, yeah, we broke the RN record, then we broke it again. So yeah, Napoli scored... 84, Roma finished above a score. Uh, sorry, sorry we're talking four. about points, not scoring goals. So Juve won it with 91, Roma was okay. second with 87, and Napoli with 86. So yeah, I mean, on paper, yeah, you're absolutely right, Kirsten, like, European campaign, Coppa d'Italia, and we finished third on paper. But actually, this is a this is a Napoli team that's playing incredibly well. You got that game, it's not part of the streak where we beat Bologna 7-1 and you got that, oh. that double, the hat-trick from Hamsik and the hat-trick from Madison's. Oh, it's a beautiful game. It's all, I mean, so much of Sorry's games were gorgeous and I'm sure that we are going to come back to that era again and again. But and I think... One last thing, Hamsik, Insigne, Callahan, Madison's all score more than 10 goals that season. Yeah. And I think, I think the reason that we are not looking at the title for the season comes down to the fact that it was the shift from having Gonzalo at the front and then bringing in Milik and he lasts for what, like two games or something like that before he falls and dies essentially. Um, So you've got to rearrange that front of the pitch until sorry hits on the whole Insigne, Calhoun, Mertens, 
front three with Hamshik backing them up. And it's not a traditional center forward that we've seen from Kamani and then Higuain and then even what he wanted in well, Mertens was really polite. I dispute this again a different episode, but I dispute the fact he was a false nine because actually he was if you look at the position maps of how he was playing, he was playing as number nine, which but I think makes I it saying, even more incredible. That is incredible because what I was saying is that he's not traditional, which is in the big target man uh, up oh, there yeah. in the front, which you can never accuse Jason Mertens of being the big target man up top. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so... And that's where we have to give him some props. So should we talk very quickly about some of these these wins? I mean, the one that I remember, look, is we got we beat Napoli, we we beat Inter. Yeah, I hope away. we didn't beat Napoli. Uh Callahan scores, then we beat Calgary at home 3-1. Uh we beat Torino away 5-0. We beat Fiorentina at home 4-1. And as you, you've written the notes, we we can beat them in May, apparently. Um and then the last game of the season, we beat Sampdoria away 4-2. Now, out of those games, the one I can, for some reason, I most vividly remember is the, the Torino game. Um, because the whole of the front three scored. Callahan scored a couple, including one of his classic sort of far posters. And Peter Dozolinski comes on for Hamsik towards the end of the game. and uh, Or does he play? I can't remember if, if Hamsik wasn't playing for some reason. But he scores. And we often forget that Zelensky was really in and amongst the squad. Um, and I think we're beginning to see uh, reap the benefits of that kind of apprenticeship. What, what jumps out to you from those sort of those wins towards the end of that season? Well, Zelensky, absolutely, because <laughs> I just wrote a whole article, which may I just say here that it was not contradicted by anyone that the whole sorry team had left, but obviously <laughs> Zielinski was around then uh, under sorry, and he was scoring goals, but he was being an apprentice for Merrick and mm. learning everything that he knew. And that Torino game definitely showed it. I'm almost positive he was sub in that game, though. Um, for me, the 4 1 over Fiorentina stands out because uh, my partner. Being a Fiorentina fan, it's always right. uh, <laughs> it, uh, those ones tend to stick in the mind. But um, what I said is that we can beat them in May, to emphasize the correct word, because we'll see next season that the problem is April with Fiorentina. If we are soon. scheduled to play <laughs> Fiorentina. There's a reason I April. emphasize a different word, Kirsten. <laughs> Thank you for your line reading, though. But the... Um, I I just can't I can't bring myself to talk about it. Anyway, so we go from a great momentum end to 16-17, scoring lots of goals. We've got these four attacking players that seem to be telepathic. And in fact, that last game of the season, Medicine's in senior Hamsik Callahan scored exactly. those four goals. So um we go into the season. Although you've made a good point and you've brought back some memories. I think everyone's a bit nervy going into 17-18, right? Well, because we was we're it? a bit angsty, weren't we? Because we haven't we didn't really make a huge amount of signings, if I remember it correctly. Yeah, it's like we can't be satisfied. We don't Napoli fans don't like it when we do change up the squad a lot, and yet we don't like it if we don't bring in any anyone at all. And it was a fairly steady squad at that point. I think 
Uh, we all wanted Cavani, of course, because we always want Cavani when it's yeah. possible to bring in someone at the top. But um, Napoli was like, oh, well, Milik is healthy, which would prove to bite them in the ass. But, uh, <laughs> um, we just said we're going to go with uh, what we've got. And who did we? We brought in Mario Rui, which would come back to bite me in the ass. Um, You've got to get on the bandwagon. The, Mario no, the bandwagon left good. a long time ago, and I am not on it. Um, uh, who else did we even bring in that season? Not many, because we're sticking with that uh, those attackers and then trying to kind of wedge Milik in to that sorry um, force of nature just going forward and forward and forward and attacking all that yeah. time. And then, so yeah, we, we start the season, well, I think Mertens ends up scoring, I think, 18 goals over the course of the whole season. So like that, that lack of Cavani didn't really get us, I think. I think um, first, so we in this streak, we beat Verona 3-1, Atalanta 3-1, Bologna 3-1, Benevento 6-0, Lazio 4-1, Spal 3-2, Cagliari 3-0, and Roma 1-0. Um, in that first game against Verona, Milik scores. So, yeah, that's very much part of this whole, like, it's going to be okay, Milik's back. And then, obviously, he doesn't. Out of those games, I've got one that I want to talk about, but I, I've done far too much talking. <laughs> Kirsten, what, which ones of these jump out to you, and who in particular? What, what player do you want to celebrate the most? of those fixtures well there's a couple first the we are at spall and you know spall another or it's a provincial team i don't remember if they'd just come back from Serie bay but it's likely because that's what they're always doing um but i just kind of want to highlight it because it was one of those games where we came back to win and we didn't just come back but we came back twice they took us a lead twice we came back to make it 2-2, and then Gulam scores to get the win on the road and to keep our streak going and to keep hope alive for the fans. Um, but the second scorer of that game to equalize was Kelly Hone. And I think after he went to Fiorentina and he kind of went at Fiorentina, which, again, I'm – required to watch Fiorentina all the time uh, that we kind of forget how amazing Ziggy was on the pitch and just how exciting and um, I guess maybe exciting isn't the right word because he was also just so focused and so disciplined and he knew how to get the job done and when to get the job done. And he kind of gets, overlooked with all these other amazing attacking players at that time. And his numbers were insane. Like he scored a lot of goals, set up a lot of goals. And we forget a lot of, I think the sort of revisionist history looks at him as someone who ran a lot and started a lot of games, but he, he was hugely creative and he was also a great goal scorer. The one that jumps out to me is the six nil victory over Benevento, which I know you think, oh, it's Benevento, of course we're going to win. But if you, honestly, everyone, go back to the highlights, it's, or you just watch the whole thing, 
it's Saribol at its most utterly terrifying. Like, it's like, you know, when a ref calls off a boxing match because the other person just needs to be looked after <laughs> the hell. It's the same thing. And Merton scores a wonderful hat trick. It's a really good hat trick as well. Merton scores some wonderful hat tricks over this short period. Of the, um, he also made Joe Hart look quite silly in the, in the season before. But anyway, um, but I remember it. So it was, I think it was an early kickoff and it was, the, it was early in the season and the blue sky over Naples. And I was watching it in Sheffield and I just started a, when I was a year into my new job and it was grey and raining and it was a bit stressy. I remember I had lots of work to do that weekend and I thought, I'm not going to work. I'm going to watch Napoli. And it really cheered me up. Like it, one of those performances where you see the glorious sound of Naples and this wonderful team that just at that point was telepathic. But the person who was really at the peak of their powers during this period was, was Fauzi Gulam. And Fauzi Gulam, I think in this, the, this period of this consecutive win streak, you know, the beginning of 2017, 2018, I think he was the best left back in the world. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. You have that wonderful left side of Insigne, Hamsik and Gulam that work brilliantly well together. And I should have looked it up, but one of the games towards the end, Gulam gets injured. And that's really the end of Gulam at Napoli, really, which is so tragic. And in this, this sort of what could have been, um, maybe the sliding doors moment isn't actually Milik not getting injured or Sarri signing, actually signing Politano in January. I think it's actually Gulam staying fit. I think if he stays fit and maintains that level, then that's Scudetto number three. But I don't want to get melancholic because there's so much to celebrate in that. And interesting that you picked on Callahan, I picked on Gulam. These players, I don't think we talk about enough, go back to the footage and realise that we're not mad, that actually that is, that, that is true. Um, any last thoughts about this, this sort of period of, of Napoli and that, these wonderful consecutive wins and unbeaten period? Well, it's me. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's your, you got to get your, you got so excited thinking about this team that your, your throat has literally exploded. Um, but yeah, is it worth? Sorry, us- I had a cold yesterday. It's come back to haunt haunt me. Um, I think uh, you mentioned Gula, um, Gulam, who's obviously not scoring a lot um, during this period. And then there's me, who at all times during these years has to mention Merrick, who scored just two in this twelve game winning streak, but. He still is the architect. This is just before Asari broke him and worked him far too hard for his, like, what, 31 years at the time or whatever. Because I don't think that we could see Merton scoring 12 over these 12 games. Um, Callihan, eight, Insigne, seven. I don't think that this would be happening if Hamshik was not behind them, directing them being that person who knew the pitch and knew everything that was going on and could see the space and make sure that those goals were going in and those wins were being recorded. And it was the, yeah, absolutely. There was a a shift in the way that he played, which I think coincides with this exact. Score less goals, but Um, he makes things happen. So, um, and Zelensky scored three in the streak as well. So again, back to that idea that one of the reasons I love seeing him play for us at the moment is 
there is a direct lineage to this vintage of, of Napoli. Um, okay. Any final thoughts on this? Are we uh, happy to put a pin in it? I think we're putting a pin with in it for now because we will return to the sorry years again and again and from end to I, I'm confident. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And, you know, what a great time. The record for consecutive wins, the record for being unbeaten. Um, incredible. Anyway, well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. If you want to find where we live on the internet, you can find that at Far From Vesuvius on Twitter. Um, you see all of our accounts in, in the bio. Please do support the other shows, the Napoli rant in the shadow of Vesuvio. Thanks so much for listening and Forza Napoli. Sempre! Sempre.